If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Highway to Health Podcast, hosted by Jeremy Quinby, provides guidance, quality resources, and inspiration for anyone seeking wellness in mind, body, and spirit. There's an episode that you should check out called The Value of Our Emotions, where Jeremy helps listeners understand the role emotions serve and what we can learn about our present state by staying attuned to them. Check out Highway to Health Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, empowering nurses to manage stressors so they can intentionally reconnect with their purpose, optimize their wellness, and ultimately show up in the world the way they want to be seen. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Wendy Garvin-Mayo, your stress solution strategist. In this podcast, you'll receive actionable stress management tips, insightful interviews, and strategies that focus on inspiring you to be your best, do your best, and give your best. With that, let's get started. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, Jennifer. How are you doing today? I am good. I'm good. How are you today? I'm good. I'm so excited that you are here to talk about your experience, and I'm really excited to hear your journey on how you became a nurse leader. So can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Okay. So um, I am Jennifer Taylor. I have been a nurse for, uh, let's see, 16 years. 16 years. Um, my journey started in skilled. Um, after school, I felt like I had I'd had enough of uh, the hospital. And I, so I said, you know, let me just go to skilled. So um, I went to skilled and then um, it wasn't long after I started there that I was literally put into the leadership role of being the, the charge nurse for third shift. I was the only RN in the entire building. Um, so it started there. It started there and then it moved on. Every role that I've had since then has been in leadership. Now, during your nursing journey, did you ever see yourself as a leader? I know you said you started in the hospital, then you went to skilled nursing. Um, did you have that vision in your mind or is it was it an opportunity that just happened? I think I always knew that I wanted to own my own company and be a leader in that manner. Um, but I don't think I had ever imagined being, you know, a leader and leading other nurses, um, other, uh, you know, other CNAs is something that I've always done, but actually leading other professional nurses. I didn't, I did not think that that is where I would go. Yeah, and it's such a different experience leading nurses. I know CNAs are nurses as well, but I'm thinking of RN to RN. It, it mm -hmm. is very different. Um, invigorating is the word that comes to mind. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And tell us what you do now. Uh, where are you a nurse leader? What do you do? Who do you lead? So now I am a nurse leader, um, a clinical team leader for a hospice agency. 
So I am supervising, leading, supporting um, the nurses that go out into the field, into the homes of the patients and um, care for them there and teach those families. I also am leading and supporting the spiritual care that go into the homes, the volunteers, the um, social workers that go out into the homes, um, the aides. So it's a it's a whole team of people that I have to supervise to go out into the homes and, you know, provide end of life care. Yeah, sometimes that can be harder. You know, I think when we think of nurse leaders, we think of a charge nurse in a hospital, but leading a field team can be more difficult because you have to really try to keep your thumb, not your thumb because we're nurses, but your finger on the pulse, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Of all your, your nurses. So how do you do that? What what strategies do you use to really stay in tune with your field uh, healthcare providers? So communication, I know it's cliche, but communication is key. It really and truly is. Um, making sure that you are communicating with your nurses, if not on a daily basis, at least on a weekly basis. Just trying to get a feel of like what is of their patient that acuity Um, is more important than the actual number of patients. That's what makes the difference. So making sure that you're keeping up with their acuity and letting them know that you're keeping up with this stuff so that they know that, you know, they're not just out there by themselves. Are you feeling stressed or overwhelmed in your personal or professional life? If like so many of us, the answer is yes. Register for the free stress solution series to learn how to craft your very own personalized stress blueprint. Secure your spot at www.stresssolutionseries.com. The title of this episode is Our Nurse Leaders um, Practicing Wellness. It's so important we look to nurse leaders to really take the lead uh, for healthcare professionals, but it's important that we think about them and their wellness. Are they able to manage their stress? And she is back with us. Hello. Sorry about that. That's okay. That's okay. So you were just saying that it's important to communicate with your nurses, Mm -hmm. constant communication, even if it's daily. And then- Yes. I mean, you know, the the most important thing about, in my my opinion, of being a leader in this specific role is making sure that those nurses that are out there in the field by themselves, essentially, know that they have someone that is, you know, that, that has their back, um, willing to come out into the field with them to deal with different difficult patients or family members. I've done that several times several times voluntarily um, without even any of my nurses asking because I want to make sure that they know they have that support. You bring up such a great point because as a nurse, we want to turn to the left or right and see our nurse leader shoulder to shoulder with us. And we don't always see that. There are nurse leaders and other leaders who really sit in their office Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. are dictating what needs to be done, but they're just so far removed from the day to day that they lose sight of what's important. And I yes. think it speaks to your leadership that you go out there proactively to to be with your nurses, not only to see what they're doing, see where there may be gaps, but also you're you're on the front lines with them. So that is Absolutely. so commendable, so commendable. Um, and. How do you as a leader refuel yourself so you can continue to lead uh, the nurses um, 
you know, on your team? Well, um, rest is imperative. Um, and stepping away is, is also imperative. I mean, we have, you know, PTO for a reason. Um, and I have no problem taking a Monday and a Friday <laughs> um, so that I can, you know, have a long weekend to refuel. Um, but my faith, my faith is extremely important in what I do. It's extremely important. I don't think I could make this journey um, without um, having, you know, a prayer life, uh, you know, meditation and mindfulness. It's just something that um, I do on a daily basis, um, even throughout the day. And I don't think I could, I could do it without it. I, I just don't. Um, and it helps me to refuel. It helps me to refuel. And then, of course, you know, the regular things that we like to do to pamper ourselves, like getting our nails done, getting a pedicure, a massage, getting our hair done. Um, those are things that I, I absolutely do um, to make myself feel better. Yeah, <laughs> That's amazing. And, you know, I think this is a, a really important question because as nurse leaders, it's hard to disconnect. Yes. Have you always been able to disconnect? So say like Friday, you know, going into Saturday. So how did you get there? Because I think, you know, you know, some leaders are type A. I think nurses in general mm -hmm. are very type A mm -hmm. and no one can do it better than us, we think. But Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> when did you make that pivot to say, okay, I have to do this? What was that tipping point for you? So I can say that I started bringing work home, um, not just in the sense of like, you know, like papers and things like that. No, it wasn't that. I was bringing work home. It was on my mind. Um, and it started to affect my interactions with my children, with my husband, um, with my family. Um, you know, as a nurse leader, a lot of times we have this phone and it's tied to our hips. And there were times where I literally had to turn it off, not just turn it down so that I didn't hear it ring, but completely turn it off so that I was not, you know, uh, tempted to look and just see, okay, what, what am I missing? What email did I get? Um, it was a mindset. I had to change my own mindset. When it's time to leave work, it is time to leave work. It will be there when you get back. And I, I still, even now, I still have to tell myself that. I have to tell myself that you have to make that disconnect. Um, you know, I will, t I will tell you, um, there was a time where um, I, I was in a position, it was a great position, but it just started to become way too stressful. And so I, um, I asked my daughter and I, I asked her, I said, did you notice a change in mommy? And she said, yes. And I said, why didn't you say anything? And she said, oh, because I thought we needed the money because this job was such a good job for you. So I thought we needed the money. And I was just like, no, like, no. And I, I'm telling you, that was my breaking point. That was it. Like when she thought that because my behavior was a little different, she didn't say anything because she felt I needed the money. No, 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 no. I said that, no, this job is not more important than my home. It's not more important than my family, my children, my husband. It's not more important than that. And so I left that leadership role and I got into a leadership role where I could have a little bit more life, work-life balance. Um, and I was not on call all the time. So 
Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I think that story is so important for people to hear because it speaks to the importance of being in communication with your family as well. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, what they're thinking, what they're feeling. And I always say, you know, there are three identities. It's who we think we are, who we really are, and who people perceive us to be. Right. right. Those people in your circle, like what's happening? Because they may be seeing things that you can't really see. Mm-hmm. So. That is so important. But wow, I want to like hug your daughter. <laughs> yes, like I, in that moment, I felt like it was a mixture of a bad mom. But then like, thank you, Jesus, for telling me, for letting me see, yes. you know, like for just letting me ask her that question. Yes. Like, thank you. And now I need to make some changes. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's. I'll be honest, like it is, it's no amount of money that you can be paid that is worth your peace. Absolutely It's not. just not. Yeah. It's not. And you also was able to model something for your daughter there. I yes. think that was a, a life lesson taught her there that, you know, you are more important than this job. Absolutely. Which is amazing. And, and I want to talk about identity because I think as nurses, I know even for me personally, you know, I worked so hard to become a nurse. Nursing school was the hardest four years of my life undergrad and then, you know, getting my master's and now getting my doctorate um, where nursing was really my identity. And I think that really um, I had to come to terms with, I am Wendy and I'm a nurse. Absolutely. Just so in it that it's hard to really disconnect or separate the two, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. For me, I had a hard time detaching from that. Like I'm a person, mm-hmm. I have needs that are not necessarily Wendy the nurse, but it's Wendy the person, Wendy the mom, the wife, right. the daughter. Um, just so hard to differentiate. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you say to nurse leaders out there who really define themselves by their role and they feel like they have to always be on call or just in it? They can't disconnect. If they could, like, just step outside of themselves and turn around and look at what it is that they're doing, um, set goals outside of nursing. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so hard. It's so easy for me to, to talk about what I did. Well, I can, I can do that. I can tell you what I did um, so that I could um, set myself aside from my career Um and I mean, nursing is, is deep in my heart, but what is deep in the majority of our hearts is caring and that empathetic feeling. Um, but it, nursing is my career. It is. And I had to figure out who Jennifer was and what Jennifer wanted and what Jennifer needed outside of the, the work that I do with my job. Um we all know that the field of nursing is huge and it's not just going to do bedside nursing. Um, you know, it's, it's huge. So I will say that what I did was I looked at all of that and I looked at the qualities that I have outside of being a nurse. And I looked at how those qualities could complement me being a nurse, but I looked at also how being a nurse could complement those qualities. And I build, built on the qualities that I have outside of a nurse, um, because we all, I mean, you know, the saying that, um, a nurse can do the job of many, but many can't do the job of a nurse. 
Well, look at all of the jobs that a nurse can do. So those are the qualities that I'm talking about. Look at all of my qualities that I can do outside of being a nurse. Look at all of those qualities and look at my children and my husband and my, my mother, my father, my siblings. What do they see first? Those are the things that I started focusing on a little bit more rather than just completely focusing on me being a nurse. because. If you are a nurse and you are putting nurse first, guaranteed people are going to grab nurse first and they're going to use and pull on you as a nurse as much as they can, whether they pay you or not. Um, so you, you'll get burnout and you'll get tired. So having a life outside of nursing, I had to figure it out. I had to figure it out. And I'm telling you that moment with my daughter was the pivotal moment for me in figuring out who I am outside of being a nurse. Yeah, because you burn out. And when you burn out from nursing, you burn out as a person. You have nothing right. else to give to your family or friends. Um, and I always challenge nurse leaders to think about their hobbies. Yes. What do you love outside of nursing, right? Absolutely. Because nursing can be snatched away from you in a minute. It can be. Right? That's the it reality of it. Yes. Left. Um. It's just so, so important. So I want to talk about COVID. We're still in the middle of a pandemic and yes. we're on the tail end, whatever, right? Everyone has their own mm -hmm. opinion where we are, where we're going and where we've been. But I know for sure that nursing as a profession has really been impacted by COVID. Um, we already had a shortage. We already had burnout. We had stress. We had all these things. Um, and COVID just really amplified that for us. Yes, yes. And... You know, just thinking back, um, you know, even for myself, nurses, frontline nurses were really the focus. And I feel like, and I would really love your input on this, that nurse leaders were kind of pushed to the back or they weren't in the forefront. Um, when nurse leaders are the ones who really we should be focusing on because you can bring forth the change. How did you feel as a nurse leader during the pandemic? Well, part of, well, as a nurse leader in the hospice world, um, I had to wear many hats and that includes going out and making visits um, or carrying a caseload um, of patients. Um, because, you know, COVID hit hit us just like it hit everybody else. So your nurses are sick with COVID, just like you have your patients that are sick with COVID. But that doesn't mean that your patients don't get the care that they need. Your nurse isn't there, but you still got to get the care. So as a nurse leader, I was wearing many hats, um, a lot of hats. I mean, many, many, many hats. Um to try to make sure that the nurses still had that support, whether it was just a phone call to vent or whether it was actually me standing beside them on the front lines. Um, so I will say that, you know, the nurse leaders did not get as much um, recognition as uh, I feel like they should have gotten. Um, and that's that's not just in my world, that's just across the board because your nurse leaders are who the, the ones that are actually holding up your field team, your frontline staff, they're the ones that are actually holding them up and making sure that everything else that happens in middle management does not hit them 
we're the buffer between what hits them. Um, so I, I will say that a lot of the nurse leaders, they just did not, they did not get the, it's more, it needed more than just a pat on the back. I can tell you that. Um, so I can say for me, I, um, I tried to stay focused, um, stay focused on my nurses, stay focused on the patients, um, making sure that everybody, everybody had what they needed. Um, including trying to make sure I myself had what I needed. Um, it, it 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 was just, it's been a rough, it's just been a rough two and a half years. I mean, it really and truly has. We're going into that third year and it's just been rough. It really and truly has been. Yeah, well, I want to say thank you as a for all your service because you're right, you are holding nurses who are on the front line. And I just feel like nurse leaders were overshadowed. So I want to thank you for your service. Thank you so much. And I also want to thank you for not leaving because that could have been the answer to that, not feeling supported and, you know, not having, I I think of leaders as covers, right. As protection, not having that uh, can expose nurses to a lot of other things that, you know, you're offering. Um, kind of along the same lines, if you could give some insight to upper management or hospital administrators mm-hmm. um, about how could they still, because a lot of nurse leaders are still suffering from burnout, um, you know, with the pandemic, with life in general, mm-hmm. they're still suffering, even though, you know, we've been in the pandemic almost three years what would you tell them? How do you think they could support nurse leaders in particular? And I'm saying nurse leaders in particular because yes, all nurses are leaders, but nurse leaders, you have a different responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you're in a unique position because you have to be fueled in order to provide for the people. So what would be some things besides a pat on the back? Right, right. (laughs) <laughs> that administrators can do to really just mm-hmm. help nurse leaders um, sustain them, basically. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it's really important for our upper management to listen. Um, listen, try to understand, and try to actually implement some of the changes that your nurse leaders are giving. Um, I know that everything, you know, the upper management has to deal with the financial side of things, the regulatory side of things, and then, you know, the people that are actually um, working to make all of this happen. But you do have to take into consideration the people that are really holding things together um, and being that buffer, because we buffer both ways, to be honest. Um, so you, you have to take that in consideration. So I think listening and being willing to implement some of those changes will always be a great thing. Um, I can tell you one thing that I did receive. I did receive a handwritten letter, a a handwritten letter in the mail from my CEO. So I will say that was helpful. It was, it was very helpful and very thoughtful and unexpected. So I can say that, um, financial with what we're going through right now financial you know like a retention bonus 
um, some type of bonus. I know that we had a lot of people who did receive um, bonuses during COVID, um, but you know that was within like the first the first year. So we're in going into year number three. So um, and on top of that, we are going into this recession. So financially, it would that would be very helpful um, for our nurse leaders um, to have some type of bonus structure, um, whether um, it be performance-based or, um, well, I can't even say performance-based because, you know, nurses are performing like they're supposed to. The majority of our leaders are performing like they're supposed to. But, um, you know, if it, if they have to have something that is measurable, which I understand um, a need, um, especially when you have a board of directors that, you know, so I get it. I understand. Um, but some type of bonus structure would absolutely be helpful. Um, and just know, letting your nurse leaders know that there is support there. Um, it's, just, it's kind of the same thing that I do for my nurses. I'm supporting them and letting them know that I'm there. I mean, I've given my nurses gifts out of my own pocket. You know, I pay for that out of my own pocket, whether it be for Christmas, whether it be for um, Nurses Week, or just a, hey, I'm thinking about you. I've done that before out of my own pocket. So I think that, you know, leaders um, and their pockets are probably a little bit deeper than mine um, could definitely do the same thing. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I think, you know, we always say communication. I feel like connection is so important. It's so important. And I always, you know, challenge healthcare administrators, senior leadership to think about if you didn't have nurse leaders in place, what would that look like? Right. What would that look like? So you value them while they're in place. You know, know, the stress is is tremendous for nurse leaders. I, I don't think it's recognized. Things need to be in place for nurse leaders specifically, mm-hmm. not just nurses who are on the front lines, but the individuals like yourself who are supporting them. Um, wellness programs specifically for nurse leaders, because the need is different. It's different. And I know a lot of um, hospitals and health institutions, they have physician wellness programs. I believe mm-hmm. there's one hospital in the country And from what I know, and this could be incorrect, but they have a director of nurse wellness. You don't see that everywhere. Uh, So so that institution, you just like think like, oh, wow, they really value their nurses. If you can have a Mm -hmm. director of nurse wellness and in that you can build in something for your nurse leaders. Um, cause, cause it's so important. If you're not sustained, then how do you continue to do your job? How do you continue Absolutely. to offer? Right. So, um, so how do you practice wellness? What does wellness mean to you? Like when people say, you know, practice wellness, are you well? Mm-hmm. So I will tell you that, um, I've learned to put me first. Um, I've learned to put myself first and to take care of myself. Um, and what that looks like to me um, is making sure that I'm getting enough rest. Um, rest is imperative. I cannot, you know, tell you how much rest is. It's just so important to just just life in general. And then as a nurse, with everything that we're doing during our day, just separating and just like and getting some actual rest is so important. So rest is is very important for me. Um, I do practice mindfulness and meditation. 
Um, you know, I will, I, I am a Christian and honestly, I don't see how anybody can pray without meditating on what you are saying, um, um, meditating on who you're saying it to. So um, prayer, meditation and mindfulness is a part of my daily routine. Um, making sure that I'm separating work from home is, is a big part of it. I have to. I cannot have my daughter tell me that again, ever, ever. So um, so that is a huge part of it. So for me, um, at 5 o'clock, 5.01, my phone is turned off. It's turned off, and I do not keep my phone by my bedside. I do not. The only reason I keep my personal phone by my bedside is because that's also my alarm. <laughs> Otherwise, it would not be by my bedside. Um, my computer, nope, not by my bedside my work computer. Um, it's not by my, well, my personal computer is not by my bedside either. Um, I try to make like my bed, um, my, my space of retreat, relax, breathe. Um, that's, I mean, that's what wellness is to me. Yeah. And you have to set boundaries. It sounds like you, you really set some boundaries for yourself, which, which is so important. And I know that you are a coach. Can you talk about that? What made you want to become a coach and what do you do? So I am a health coach. Um, and part of what made me become a health coach is because I realized I was doing it and not necessarily being paid for it. Um, so I formally went through a training, um, to just to understand a little bit more what a health coach is and how a health coach guides, um, because as a coach, that's what you're doing. You're guiding. Um, and, I, and I focus on um, just health and wellness in general, whatever the person is needing. Um, so a lot of times I have people who are newly diabetic people who are newly hypertensive, um, who are looking for a ways to just change their life. And we just talk about that. Um, I look at people who have wounds um, and I just help not only help them in the nursing capacity, but I help coach them through things that they could eat, things that they could do to help improve circulation, things like that. Things that we already know as a nurse, um, but just formally putting it into work and into play. Um, I also teach uh, meditation and mindfulness to people so that they can have that sense of relaxation or have that moment where they can just breathe and make it through the next few steps of whatever it is that they need to do, whether it be a presentation, whether it be an anxiety episode, um, just being able to just relax and center yourself and breathe through that. Um, I help create goals and plans for these people. Um, I, I had um, one of uh, one one person that I did. She was um, newly diabetic, and she just needed someone to be her reinforcement, someone that she could bounce things off of, um, someone that actually knew about what diabetes is. You know, no knew what it means, what the the potential hazards are of not taking care of yourself. She just needed that bridge between the doctor and the hospital. And that's where I came in to help her with that. That's amazing. And you're, you're used to being a bridge, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that's amazing. So I want to take you through a rapid fire, but please let people know how they can get in contact with you and get more information about your services. 
Okay, so I am on all social media platforms. Um, Tailored Healthcare is the company that I own. Um, and that is the more the coaching and the nursing, um, like skilled nursing, home health services, those types of things. Um, and meditation, that's through Tailored Healthcare. And then Nourishment for Nursing, Nourishment for Nurses, excuse me, is what I do and it's tailored directly towards nurses. So it would be support, um, just a, a podcast, um, a new book that's coming out, a new devotional that's coming out, um, strictly geared towards nursing. That's amazing. And it's so it's so great that in the midst of everything, you still found your passion to develop your own platform, your own yeah. business. I think that's that's amazing. We yeah. are brilliant. We're rock stars as nurses. Absolutely. So Absolutely. So much. All right. So let me take you through a rapid fire. So okay. just finish the sentence or answer the question. One word concise. Okay. I know I'm stressed when. My shoulders hurt. <laughs> My go-to stress management solution is? Prayer. If I can go anywhere anywhere in the world, I would go to? Italy. One word that describes me is? Strong. One piece of advice I would give a new nurse leader is? Patience is key. Mm, that's a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> the last book I read was? Uh, well, I haven't finished it. Um, out of the fog. What is that book about? Um, it's a book about uh just clearing the fog um from being around or um close to people who are taking advantage of you. Mm. Um, yeah, narcissistic okay. behaviors. Um, just clearing the fog and moving past those those things. So. Oh, that sounds like a really good book. <laughs> well, you know, as nurses, we kind of give, 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 and people like to tick, 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 tick. Yes, absolutely. Uh -huh. And my last question for you is, one thing you learned about yourself during this pandemic is? Let's see here. That I'm more flexible than I ever knew that I was, I will say, um, in terms of everything everything. I could have flexibility to do multiple things at one time. Yeah, it definitely has taught us a lot about ourselves and we're tapping into things that we didn't know we could do. So this was amazing. Jennifer, thank you so much for being here. Um, and thank, thank you. For your story. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. Between episodes, you can follow the Nurse Wellness Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Before you go, I would love to share a free mindfulness ebook with you. Go to stressblueprint.com backslash 35 and download your free copy. Until next time, go out and be your best, do your best, and give your best. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Highway to Health podcast, hosted by Jeremy Quinby, provides guidance, quality resources, and inspiration for anyone seeking wellness in mind, body, and spirit. There's an episode that you should check out called The Value of Our Emotions, 
where Jeremy helps listeners understand the role emotions serve and what we can learn about our present state by staying attuned to them. Check out Highway to Health podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.